0: Welcome to Gooch Live, featuring Paul Rosen. Kerry your he's the Gooch. I'm Paul Rosen, I'm Rosie. This is a special, absolutely special episode. For me, for sure, I think for Gooch too, but for me, uh, for sure. We have Iron Mike Keenan, one of the greatest hockey coaches of all time. Gooch, you're in Adelaide, Australia. What do you think of this? We've got Mike Keenan on Gooch Live with Paul Rosen. <laughs>
1: incredible you know i had an opportunity to travel across canada mike if you remember that in, the, in a, an event i think it was hyundai putting on a uh, exhibition for a hockey and i got to hear your stories and of course uh, you entertain the crowd and uh, really honored and proud to be with you obviously i'm here in adelaide australia uh, and you guys are what's the temperature over there
0: it's not nice it's nice i mean it's uh, not bad it's raining a little but it's it's all right
1: i'm it's going like, to the beach
0: it's not like key west where i live
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you know that that's exactly part what time, so part great, time. To have, great to have you mike
2: thank you thanks for having me on. yeah
0: so let's uh let's kick it off actually mike i want to talk to you i had the opportunity first of all i'm a big fan so i, I really appreciate you being on the show um I had the opportunity in April to go to Ostrova and uh, and do the uh, the color for the world championships in sled hockey and para ice hockey and I had a chance to spend some time with Dominic Hasek now Dominic I'm a huge Chicago Blackhawk So I know you coach a lot all over the NHL um, but we're gonna go back to Chicago for a second 1991 you have in my opinion one of the best most talented teams that a coach could have. You had Dominic Hasek and Eddie Belfort right. in goal. You had Chelios on D. You had Roenick. You had uh, Michelle Goulet. And and I thought that team was going to win the cup for sure. And what a lot of people don't know is you lost four straight. People think that all four games were one goal games. Was that the most uh, uh, talented team you ever coached? It was one of the most. I, I would think that uh, I'd have to
2: uh, compare them as well to the New York Rangers in 94 when we won the cup. Uh, certainly the depth was there and you, you identified some of the players. Uh, we had uh, great depth in a lot of different uh, positions, but in particular in goaltending with uh, Dominic and Eddie, uh, two Hall of Famers. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if there's many teams that could say they had two Hall of Famers in that at one time, but it was a very competitive team anchored uh, on defense with Chelios. you mentioned and his partner Smith uh, did a super job in carrying big minutes uh, we had the first Russian Igor Krafchuk play with us with uh, Keith Brown and that's the f- top four and Marchman and Kuchera the, the fellow from uh, Czech Republic and uh, then uh, you mentioned the Aronik and Goulet, and the top line was Larmer as well. So
0: the we
2: we had uh, we had real depth and a really good team, but we we found out uh, from a juggernaut uh, and a player, a special player called Mario Lemieux, that uh, there was another level.
0: Yeah,
2: the games were close, and they had a kid, a young kid. I think his name was Yager. Yeah, uh, Yager. Yeah. He he scored a couple of <laughs> he, he, he scored a couple of goals that game for sure. Hey guys.
1: You know what's really scary about that, Mike? He's still playing.
2: I know. That's incredible. But uh, he had a, a tremendous career, obviously. And, and, uh, but, but those two put together, and then there was all kinds of Hall of Famers on that team as well in Pittsburgh. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And the, the fact that if people just look in the, the archives and see you lost four straight, like I said, every game was one goal game, and it could have turned around the easily. Last,
2: the last game won nothing. Yeah, and it was a fluke goal went off somebody in the corner went in, in from the corner hit Eddie in the side and went in the net. So, uh, yeah, those were tough losses. I thought in particularly, uh, the first game we played in Pittsburgh that, uh, and I was very angered by the officiating. Yeah, I remember and, that. <laughs> uh, the calls that were not being called or that were called against us. So, uh, but that's what you learn when you, when you. Uh, go through the process of learning how to win.
0: Yeah. One last question about that series. How did you decide, like, I was very fortunate to play 10 years with Canada as a goaltender. How did you decide who was going in between Hasek and and, uh, Belfour?
2: Well, that was interesting. And and the goalie coach was Treczak. Yes. And he did a super job. I'll tell a quick story about the the goalie So. Treczak comes out, he's got full gear on every day. He comes, we bring him in from Moscow on a monthly basis. And he's doing a fantastic job in teaching these two young goalies and staying out after practice, and he's got them doing rolling, and he's shooting the puck and moving around. And I call him in the center ice and guys, we've got good news and bad news. And they said, what's that, Mike? They said, well, the good news is we've got Treczak here teaching these two young goalies and doing a super job. I said, the bad news is he's better than both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, he was, well, so, both turned out to be pretty good yeah, goalies. It, yeah, so to answer your question, Eddie was a little bit more experienced than Dominic. Yeah. Uh, Dominic came from Europe and had an unusual style, as you know. Yeah. And uh, Eddie played more games than Dominic. But Dominic then became... Uh, a uh, Hall of Fame superstar, Hart Trophy winner uh, later and and proved to be an excellent goaltender.
0: Yeah, went on to leave from Chicago to Buffalo and had some pretty well, good Well, that was Buffalo. an interesting
2: trade because I traded him to Buffalo because of expansion. Yeah, we could only protect one yeah. and we had to decide one or the other. And it was a toss up really. Flip a coin. Yeah. yeah. So that's how how we got there. And the other story is that uh, we've shared before is that dominic was put on waivers yeah and i tried to collect them back and never at least said no you gave them up you, you can't have them but nobody else took them yeah unbelievable because of his style nobody really
0: didn't know if he could the way he was going to play right end <coughs> up being a hard trophy winner he proved them wrong Gucci, uh, what uh, what's yeah. going on down in, in adelaide right well, now
1: you know it's always great to hear stories by uh, legends and Mike, uh, we're honored to have you not only on the show, Gooch Live, featuring Paul Rosen, brought to you the good people of the hockey news and your friends.
0: The great people at Christian Hockey.
1: There you go. <laughs> exactly. Little, little cheap plug. Uh, listen, Mike, you're doing a show yourself, uh, which we're really excited to listen to. Uh, we're learning from the best. Uh, So I know uh, Paul talked a little bit about the best team ever that you coached, but I'm going to take you back. I heard a bunch of stories while we were on tour that one year about the 1987 uh, Canada Cup team. Uh, When you talk about a roster, that is a roster I don't think many people had the opportunity to to coach. Uh, This will lead into the next part of my question about this, dealing with the Gretzkys of the world and the Coffees, and obviously Eddie uh, uh, Fear Grant Fear was in net. Tell us about uh, that experience and how you handled all those, uh, let's call it egos, or those top-level superstars, and then I'm gonna roll into how do you deal with that today with the McDavid's and the Drysettles and and the Matthews. So, 1987 Canada Cup
2: team. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, group, uh, to say the least, the most talented team I did ever coach. But uh, I was sitting in my cottage uh, porch in July and trying to figure this out myself. So I came up with the idea in our very first meeting, and I don't want to take too much of your time here, but it takes a little bit of time to tell the story. Uh, I go into the lo- into the meeting room at the hotel, and I asked the guys, I said, how many minutes are there in a hockey game? And Larry Murphy played for me in junior. He's shaking his arm throughout the sock, it's <laughs> gonna come out, and he said, I said, Murph, how much? He said, 60 minutes. I said, Murph? That's what most people would say. But in reality, there's 720. In a penalty-free game, there's six players on the ice for each team, and that then means that there's 360 minutes for our team. So I said, do you mind, and they all started laughing with this, do you mind if I play a goalie for 60 minutes? They said, well, you'll play somebody in goal for 60 minutes. And then I said, would you mind if Wayne played 25 minutes? No, so 275. and. Mario, 25, Paul Coffey, Raymond Bork. Now we're going down and down, and now we got Howard Chuck's got 130 points, and he's going to get maximum of 15 minutes. Right. And then Rick Tocke at the end says, Mike, there's only five minutes left. Can I have it? I said, only if we're penalty free. So stay out of the penalty box, yes. right? Or you're <laughs> not going to get on the ice. Right. So they understood from that meeting that, yeah, Howard Chuck could get 25 minutes for sure, Playing in in Winnipeg, but now you got to accept your role. And you're only going to get 10 minutes. Or Dougie Gilmore, you're only going to get 10 minutes. And right. these are stars, and and you know something, they just wanted to be on the team so badly. They said, I don't care if I play one shift, I want to be on the team. Put the Canadian and, jersey on, and that's that's how it evolved, and that's how uh, they meshed together. There was no big eagles like you you think there were. Right, There were none. They were meshed as a group. They uh, respected each other. They just wanted to tell me what my job is. Tell me what my role is and I'll do it to the best of my ability. And that's all I want to do. And I want to be part of this group. And We uh, probably beat the best team ever in the uh, Soviet Union. Yep. And uh, that was the last time Canada played the Soviet Union. And and uh, to this day, w- even Wayne said they were probably b- more talented than us, but we found a way to win.
0: Sure. So yeah. it
2: was interesting. So
0: that, w- was that yours so that 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 called Rendezvous? Sorry, one sec No, that coach. was not Rendezvous. What, that which was, was Canada Rendezvous? Cup, rendezvous was in Quebec City. That was kind of Cup 87. Okay. Yep.
2: So the next part of your question is, how do you handle them today? Well, I, I can only tell you that you have to know the personalities of the individuals, of the best players. and and, and I have found in my career, I found in my career, that the best players were the easiest to coach, uh, almost without exception. They knew that they were good. They knew they were talented. And I didn't, it, it was the fourth line guys that thought they should be on the first line that were more difficult <laughs> than I, to deal with. And uh, I I coached Connor McDavid in a, in a charity game uh, that was sponsored by the than the, the mayor, Patrick Brown in Barrie, to raise money for the hospital. And this kid was so respectful. Mr. Keenan, yes sir, no sir. And Dougie Gilmore's on the bench, and Mike Gardner's on the bench, and Shane Carson, and a few other NHL stars, mostly NHL, and I said, who's this kid? He's the best player on the team, and he's the youngest. So um, so I, I would suspect that he'd be easy to coach and dry cycle, is probably the same uh, uh, you have to build a relationship with those better players and and you know what they like most of all ice time yeah ice time just put them on the ice and i uh, i was the type of coach that always played the best players the most yeah. and that satisfies their their needs and and it, at the same time contributes more to the group and to the team
0: yeah well it's, it's
2: so fun.
1: Could ask a question here, Paul. Uh, Mike, we see in 2010, you know, the anniversary of the Golden Goal just came by, and of course, it was scored by Sidney Crosby. Could you, if you don't mind, just give us a perspective on the 1987 team to the 2010 team? Obviously, big names on both, but it just seemed that the 87 team was destined. uh, You know, Crosby in the 2010 was not having his best. Best uh, tournament, and then all of a sudden he kicks in and he scores that winning goal. And of course we know what happened in '87 with Gretzky, uh, obviously to Lemieux.
2: Yeah, that, the the Gretzky Lemieux thing I thought about in July as well, but I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell assistant coaches. I didn't tell the players that I was going to do that because I didn't want the opposition to be able to be prepared for it. Right. So when I threw that in to the mix in the, at the in the Soviet game uh, with the, with the Soviet. Uh, uh, final three games that was a little bit of a surprise but uh, they generated uh, you know magic in the, on the game and Wayne has uh, said very often that was the best hockey he's ever played so uh, the comparison would be first of all the opposition was a superb superior and it was a best of three tournament in the end for the final and then uh, the personnel was I you know I could name the team off here and I can tell you I also cut about 10 Hall of Famers. Yeah. So that's how deep the team was and how how uh, they were in their prime Wayne was 26 years old, Mark was 20s, Mess was 26, uh, Coffee, Well, I mean, Hall of Famers, yeah, throughout the lineup. And and they accepted for example, um Mess, Mike Garter and I believe I put Glenn Anderson on left wing, they were the checking line against (laughs) Larionov. So, you know, maybe the best team that ever has been put together uh, to play hockey.
0: Remember, all three games were 6-5? 6-5, 6-5, 6-5. Unbelievable. And that last goal, what an absolute cannon under the bar. Yep. I still remember it. It was uh, uh, unreal. Well, we were down by 3-0 after 11 minutes, and I'm walking as a
2: Thirty-six, seven-year-old young coach, yep. and talking to myself and saying, "You better find a way to win this game because all the cano is expecting it, yep. and if you don't, hmm. you can get in your car, drive to the cottage, get in your boat, go to an island, and never be seen again." Yeah, yeah. So we figured out we changed the strategy, and Tikanoff is looking at us. What are you doing? And, and then the big boys obviously come back and finish it off. But. Yeah. Uh, very dynamic uh, hockey and very exciting.
0: It's funny when you say about the fourth liner, uh, you know, we, we had the same thing when with our para-team going into the the uh, Vancouver games. You know, you got a fourth liner who, he thinks he's a first liner. Steve Ludzik said something that I absolutely loved about the fourth liner. He said, a crusher who wants to be a rusher will soon yeah. find himself an usher. Yes. I love that yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I
1: just wanted to say to, to Mike, thank God he wasn't on the Russian team because he wouldn't have been driving to the lake. Yeah. He probably would have been else. So, uh, no, uh, Great moments.
0: Yeah. Um, let's bring up 94. You know, great career, you know, unbelievable career coaching all over the world. But 94, the ultimate, the New York Rangers, you win a Stanley Cup. What uh, what was that feeling like when you guys? I watch the highlights every once in a while and see. You, you, to me, I love when the guys go nuts on the bench and everybody is just going crazy. It's uh, you know bring back memory when we won in 2006 in in Torino and and against all odds. But what was that feeling like, Mike, when you won the Stanley Cup?
2: Well, I was really privileged and uh, never seen it happen before. But uh, our captain Mark Messi, had the cup and was skating towards the bench, and I'm wondering, what's he doing? Right. And I've never seen it before. I was still standing on the bench, and he handed me the cup. Well, when I received the cup from Mark, I instantly just lifted it up over my head. It was light as a feather then, and uh, I said to myself, I can't believe how difficult it is to win this trophy, and how appreciative I am that the captain acknowledged that the coach was a part of it, and the coaches were a part of it. Dick Tock, uh, Coley Campbell, the three of us on the bench, and then uh, uh, he made it exceptional experience. And for the fans, the fans, when I lifted that cup, it was like the roof was gonna blow right off Madison Square Garden, right. the sound was so, was so loud.
0: Was Messi the best captain you ever coached?
2: Uh, he's one of the best, I had some great people and great leaders on many teams. You know, I had Gretzky and St. Louis and Canada Cups and uh, other great players, Hall of Famers. Um, you know, the, the, the hockey players in the, in the community, the hockey community uh, are really endowed with a lot of great individuals, human beings, and how they connect to each other. And Mark had that exceptional uh, ability to to have a presence among men in a in a locker room uh, like very few can, and he commanded respect just by his preparation, the way he played, his competitiveness, his kindness. He was inclusive, everyone in that locker room, from the fellow that shined the shoes, was an older fellow uh, who shined the guy's shoes for something to do to hang around. He, he made everyone in that room feel inclusive on that team. That you were very, very, very important.
0: Yeah, that's that, hard to find. That's what hockey is uh, is about. I, I just love. I love. It. I had a chance to spend some time with the late Johnny Bauer, and that's what the old time hockey guys. They just they love the game. They love people, and they love showing oh. the world that you know y- you can play at the elite level and still be a good person.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, I have. We have so many illustrations of that and and hopefully this younger generation can respect that uh, in 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 the position that they hold. They are held in in, in esteem by young children and people in in the workplace that go to work every day and young children that emulate them It's very important that they understand that
0: Gooch, yeah. you uh we're we're running uh to the end of the, the segment. You got anything you want to uh, end off
1: with, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. While well, you're watching Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen, brought to you by the Hockey News and the good people of Christian Hockey, I just wanted to say this and leave the last word for you, Mike. Obviously, you have your own show, and we'd love to hear a little bit about what that's... Uh, we're obviously on with the Hockey News. We've been uh, lucky to get this this gig we're loving it we're learning it you're a a pro at it so we'd love to hear what your show's about and how you feel it's going well
2: i don't know if i'm a pro at it but uh likewise the hockey news graham approached me and wanted me to tell stories about my career and and my host with me is scotty morrison hall of fame writer so we got a lot of experience between the two of us that we can banter and and he experienced a lot of what I did. He followed my career as a writer. And uh, so we talk about some of those experiences and various uh, individuals from the managers to the coaches, to the players, to the personnel, to the fans, to the cities, uh, to the countries. I coach you both in Russia and China, as well as North America at the elite level. So. Uh, I'm enjoying it as well. I'm glad you guys are as well. The hockey news is good to us and giving us an opportunity in, in a in a new uh, uh, cyber world, I guess we'll call it. Yeah. That uh, technically I don't know much about, but uh, neither do I. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, our good friend here, Steve, is yeah. running the show in terms of making sure everything happens, and and we we're, we're enjoy telling some hockey stories.
0: Yeah, Steve Ellis, we love him. He's, uh, he's yeah, also, I, I have a segment on our show called uh, Rosie's Rant. Yep. And this is our ninth segment that we're doing t- today. So in the eight, uh, Steve is the judge, and I'm winning. I've got eight wins. carrie has got one, the Gooch, and one tie. So uh, I put my hat off to Steve Ellis for uh, continuing to have me as the winner.
1: Hey, listen, Paul, I got to make you feel good, kid. Yeah, I'm coming great. back. I Eight appreciate it. I'm going to win this thing 12-8 uh, at the end of the day. So okay, it's will, not where you are now. Yeah, try later
0: today, you'll uh, you'll get a chance to win again. You got yeah. it. I'm coming hard, hey. like always.
1: All right. Hey, guys, thanks. Mike, thanks for sharing some stories with you. Uh, it's been fantastic uh, spending 25 minutes with you. And we look forward one day uh, being on your show someday and entertaining the crowd with some of our crazy stories. So thank you, guys. Thanks for what you're doing.
0: Yeah, thanks. thanks. Be well there in Australia. Thanks, thanks Gooch. And, and uh, thank you, Mike, guys. honestly, this has been a, a, a true pleasure for me, somebody who uh, watched your career and uh, was a huge Hawk fan, yeah, maybe not so much when you coached in Philly and <laughs> St. Louis, beating my Hawks all the time, but uh, really appreciate it. Iron Mike Keenan, thank you very much. Uh, Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen we will be back in a few minutes. Thank you. Good afternoon. It's Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen. The Gooch is Kerry Goulet. Paul Rosen, that's me. I'm Rosie. And the Gooch is in Adelaide, Australia. Gooch, you're going to bring in a special guest, one of our favorites. Let's go, buddy.
1: Hey, guys. uh, Thank you very much. Obviously, you're watching uh, Gooch Live here on the Hockey News. Brought to your good people there, Paul. Christian Hockey. You got it. Listen, I am in Adelaide, uh, Australia, working on our ice hockey classic, and the uh, guest that we got coming up here is not only a great friend, a great ambassador uh, for injury and in sport, but also just a guy that really inspires me. And you know that Barry, uh, you've been uh, true to your word to, to help people that can't help themselves. And when I met you the first time, it was at a Brad May golf tournament, and I'll tell you what, you uh, you just lit up the room, and I said, hey, I gotta somehow get involved with this organization at that time. Uh, obviously the Canadian and American Spinal Research Organization, which should procure. And of course, Brad May was up on the microphone introducing everybody uh, after a Gulf Tournament, and I got to talk to you. So Barry, it's been a quite a while. Uh, what a great ride we've had together.
3: It's been a hell of a journey, yep.
0: <laughs> Barry, I'm uh, yeah. I'm gonna, uh, it's Paul here, I'm gonna start it out. Uh, so um, first of all, you, uh, you know, both of us have uh, been through a lot in our lives, you in, in, in your chair and me missing my leg, but I just want to tell you that you are the most able-bodied disabled person I have ever met. You inspire me every time I put my leg on for what you have accomplished in your life, and, uh, and I appreciate your friendship, but um, connected, you know, I was very fortunate to have a uh, You and and Gooch bring me on to the Connected platform we've done some commercials. Can you tell uh, everybody out there what Connected is about, Barry?
3: Oh, uh, well, thanks for those words, guys. The check's in the mail. I'll get it out to you soon. But uh, (laughs) um, really, Connected is is really the brainchild of, of Curie and Stop Concussions, I think, originally. But it was part of an evolution of our greater campaign called Shoot for a Cure where we We really want to enlist the hockey community and the community in general to help raise funds awareness and create programs and fund research that helps people with neurotrauma injuries, that being both spinal cord injuries and, of course, concussions. But an actual byproduct or symptom of uh, concussion is how it deals and how it affects mental health. And Kerry and his group has really taken uh, the connected platform and brought it to a different level now. And we're excited about being the whole family and the royal we being part of all of that and how we can bring all our assets together to help drive the message around Connected and raise more awareness about mental health initiatives and more importantly getting rid of the stigma and connecting people with the help that they need when they're suffering the way they are.
1: Well that's absolutely true Barry and obviously you and I have talked about this a long time. Thank you for giving those accolades. But without uh, your leadership, uh, you know you know me, sometimes I get off on a tangent and you and Tony kind of bring you back to reality. And we have put together an incredible platform. Uh, Paul, we're honored to have you as one of our uh, top ambassadors. We'll be doing a lot together over this 2020 campaign. But Barry, we had a chat and I know you talked about concussions leading into depression. Uh, we know what you can do. Uh, You know, and again, I'm not tooting your own horn, but every day you wake up, you got to go through a routine to get ready, jump in a chair. And it's not as easy for you as it is for me. I jump up, take a shower off. I go, I'm in my car in five minutes. And so when you and I talked about the connected platform, you talked about some of the people, obviously, that are in chairs, spinal cord injuries, even guys like Paul that, you know, end up with an injury. They must deal with a tremendous, tremendous amount of mental health issues as they go through the process. Well, yeah, well, yeah you're right
3: there. And and um, as, as a quadriplegic myself, and it's been 32 years since my spinal cord injury, um, there's been a lot of ups and downs. And, and I've been very fortunate to be surrounded by some incredible people. And, uh, you know, my partner, Karen, keeps me uh, up. And there's never a chance, for example, to let yourself get down. And that's always been important, what surrounds you. But that is your support network, and those are the people that are around you that keep you that way. So a lot of people that can say that they've done this on their own can partly have to uh, really look towards the people that have supported them. And, and really, what in, where we found a common goal with the Connected and, and this, there's a natural um, connection with um, um, a concussion leading to depression and anxiety and some of those underlying issues, whether they had that before or after their concussions. But... People don't know that 25% of people with spinal cord injuries actually have a higher rate of suicide tendencies, if not outright suicide or substance abuse. It It, it is a thing, and um, it's a life-changing thing. And in, if without the support and the network around them, chances are they're very vulnerable to things like suicide or falling into a dark hole that they might not get out of. And that's why I think uh, Connected is important to... Um, all of what we do and, and how we can um, take this to the broader scale, not just with injury, but also just the general population and some of the great um, delivery messages that we have.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, with Paul, we obviously, you know, his history with this and uh, Paul and I one day are going to sit down and do a one on one and really talk it through because, Paul, you can you can attest to this. It's communication. It's connecting. It's really good that you said, you know, we, we developed this platform called Connected. But Connected is people, and I truly believe people are our best medicine when we're in that situation. And and Paul, you've been through it, so I know that uh, when we do our our uh, interview, it will be candid, open, and let people really feel it. Because sometimes we shadow it or or we we cover it up and just say, "How's your day? I'm great." But realistically, when we're saying we're great, we're not great.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, it's been a long road this last year since I, uh, I tried to take my own life. And uh, as you both know, it's all, about, uh, it's all about asking for help. And Connected is an incredible platform that's helped me personally, you know, just get the answers and, and, the, and the personal one-on-one help that I
1: need. Yeah. All right, let's uh, change, move a little bit here. Canadian American Spinal Research Organization and the American Spinal Research Organization. You know, you are the motor behind it, Barry, no question. And we've uh, formed a partnership. We work together uh, very well with the Shoot for a Cure campaign. Tell us a little bit about that relationship. How, you, how Shoot for a Cure came about uh, to do what you do now?
3: Well, what happened was there's, there was sort of a mindset of the Canadian spinal, American spinal research organizations that we're a small group when it comes to other diseases and maladies that they compete against in the charity world against the heart and stroke or or cancer. Um, it's just not even bearable. But it's a $3 billion problem in Canada, alone with people with spinal cord, and back on it has on the community. That's just financial. And it doesn't really discuss what it means um, really on a, on a personal level and how it affects the community. So our goal is to raise funds to fund research to find a cure for paralysis caused by injury. And along the way, we decided that the only way we're going to do this is finding more partners and really friends that can help us. And friends really are defined by people um, and organizations and corporations that have a direct relevance connected to um, what it is that we do. And what we were realizing that, um, in, in Canada, um, there was a correlation to spinal cord injuries potentially in hockey. Now it's not a great number, but when it happens, it happens. And many of us can re have watch the game, be it hockey, if not even or football, when someone goes down, they're waiting to see their limbs move because there's that scary feeling that they may have suffered a central nervous injury, basically a spinal cord injury. And with that and being Canadian at all, uh, we felt, um, Working with the hockey world and trying to find a way to both raise awareness and, and and set up a prevention program as well as fund research, we thought it was important that we developed what is now known as the Shoot for a Cure campaign. And Shoot for a Cure campaign is really expanded not only into spinal cord injury but neurotrauma, which really incorporates concussions as well, which are very you know prominent in in contact sports, especially in hockey. So we work with you and stop concussions to work on a, obviously on the prevention protocol with safe for sport and and also money raised goes directly to research initiatives that we're doing we've been doing that now for 16 years uh no actually almost 19 years Incredible. <laughs> around 2001 approximately yeah
1: and we saw it, and that's when i met you uh, originally and uh donated my time to you and then we've just had a great great uh, relationship i just wanted to tell you a little bit about a young man december 19th in winnipeg playing for the St. Patel Victorias. It's a league that I played. It's called the Manitoba Major Junior League. It's tier two. And I had an opportunity to play in that league. And I was just uh, uh, informed uh, just around Christmas time that this young man broke his neck. He's left a quad uh, and his uh, Reese Kettler when it happens, something like that, you're an organization that reaches out, takes a little bit of time, but you reach out to let the people know you're there. And they, if they need any type of support, you're there to help.
3: That's right. A lot of it is it's, it's really, you're really talking to the families and family members around the individual that's injured, not necessarily the injured at the time, because the person that's injured is really fighting for their life in some cases, maybe they're on a respirator, uh, then they're also dealing with all the new reality that they're facing, and it takes quite a while to really get your head around that. But what we found over the years where people were starting for information. So one of the things that we do offer on our website is that there are uh, lots of information, including access manuals, to really understand spinal cord injury and then to understand um, what's going on in research and how to understand that, as well as how to get involved in the research side. And more importantly, the local organizations that can help with services uh, directly to the individuals, depending on the jurisdiction of the region they're in. We've always made it clear that when it happens, we're available. At the same time, we don't necessarily try to knock down the door and invite ourselves in until they want us there, because it is a tricky thing. People, um, and sometimes in early stages, are maybe in a bit of denial over what's happened, and in some cases, they actually make some recovery. But in some, many cases, they don't. And then start facing the new reality going forward. But we've always made it clear that we're out there to work with them.
1: You are watching Cooch Live featuring Paul Rosen, brought to you by the Hockey News. And, of course, Paul's favorite.
0: Christian Hockey.
1: You got it. Well, Paul, I want to direct this a little bit at you. Uh, We've seen, obviously, the great work that the uh, Canadian American Spinal Research Organization has been doing for well over 19 years, uh, obviously, with the Shoot for a Cure campaign. Please check it out, shootforacure.org. Come and see the fabulous work we're all doing together. Uh, You'll find out about the Canadian American Spinal uh, and American. Of course, you'll find out about Stop Concussions. You can click through to all those websites. But you mentioned a very important one, Shoot for a Cure, also is a supporter of the Safe for Sports platform, which is prevention. And we really have to, in sport today, make sure that we continue continue on doing that. And and so I just want to go through a couple of little events with uh, us, Barry. Uh, Paul, you're going to be one of the ambassadors down in Philadelphia when we play uh, a hockey tournament down there and part of uh, all the funds are coming back to shoot for a cure, uh, supporting those uh, great charities. Uh, you've been a part of it before. What are your thoughts on what, organizations around the world are doing to help not only raise awareness, but also uh, raise very, very important funds for us to continue on doing what we're doing. Uh, well, I, go
3: ahead, Bruce. No, go Sorry. ahead, Barry. Go ahead. Oh, I, in, in terms of the tournament, it's an initiative by Johnson & Johnson, which is, again, celebrating hockey and they, they were looking about, again, approximately 16, 17 years ago looking for a partner, um, a charity partner, to be involved with because they want to just be more than just a hockey tournament. And that's just grown to fruition now. We're approaching potentially $3 million this year in the funds raised on the J&J tournament. But we're excited about that, and they've embraced what is. it is. But more importantly, you, you mentioned it, Kerry, there's messaging and the reach of Johnson & Johnson as a multi-$72 you know, billion corporation has the ability to uh, connect. And, and and get uh, not only throughout North America, but there are teams that come in from from Europe as well as Asia. Um, there's representatives that are coming in. And um, so it's really, as the tournament's grown, our relationship has grown and our reach has grown. And we've tried to duplicate that anywhere we can. It, again, that's a true measure of partnership and how we can all work together for the great cause that we're doing.
1: And at this event, Paul, we you'll be down there helping us. Uh, uh, make awareness on our connected platform, uh, the uh, Mental Health Initiative.
0: I'm really looking forward to it. First of all, I've I've been down to Philly before. The tournament's incredible. Johnson Johnson's incredible. Um, What we do for uh, awareness and education is unbelievable. For me personally, it would be even a little... uh, um, you know, just touch me a little more because uh, we'll be there the uh, April 24th, 25th, and 26th, and that's my 60th birthday weekend. So I'll, uh, I'll All right, I'll, I'll have caught up to you, Gooch.
1: No question. Well, an- another great organization, Barry. That we've formed a relationship, and it made a lot of sense when they actually approached us to get involved was the EMS tournament, uh, the Niagara. Paramedic Association holds a very similar uh, hockey tournament. It's their seventh year. Uh, Dana and Wes have done just an incredible job along with your great people as we put this platform together right now uh, for uh, March 25th, 26th. Nicole and and Devin uh, have done a great job. What a great opportunity for these young men and women who are obviously the first responders to a bunch of uh, very hard uh, incidents, whether it be an accident or others. What a great opportunity for us to have them as a vehicle to present not only the Shoot for a cure campaign, but also now touch upon connected and the mental health issues that they must deal with.
3: Absolutely, you know, we're there's an example of of being relevant to what we do. I mean, neurotrauma is something that happens in traumatic fashion, and and usually the first responders are the first on the scene to deal with a head injury or a spinal cord injury, so they know it firsthand of what we go through in the very beginning. That being said, they face a trauma uh, by seeing this over and over again amongst uh, some more even serious injuries than what we go through, and in fact, quote, you know, many suffer from PDST. And so, there's a great organization so called. We've got hashtag We've got your back 911. That's associated with with um, the folks at the EMS uh, slash uh, NPA hockey tournament that they support as well, and we work together with them. But clearly. Um, looking at the original reason we got together was with the neurotrauma side of things, but now that it's advanced to also bringing them the connected platform, which goes hand-in-hand hand with their um, their other initiatives as it relates to mental health and the effects on first responders, again, it's a, it's a synchronicity that's kind of worked together and it's just grown together in a great partnership. And they both, you know, uh, the three guys there, Dana, Wes, and Corey have done a
1: great oh, yeah, job. Corey
3: bringing it all around. So we're quite pleased and great folks to work with.
1: Well, I look forward to getting on a flight to get over there where we're going to be at the Gale Center at Niagara Falls. Please take a moment just to check out, obviously, the Shoot for a Cure uh, website and and participate, help us raise awareness and, of course, funds that are needed to continue on doing the great work you're doing, uh, Barry, but also helping Paul and I get the message out all across the world. Uh, Paul, I'll give you a last minute. Barry, thank you very much for your time. I know that you're uh, up up in Toronto and I being here in Adelaide. You've had the opportunity to come with us over to Australia, uh, which was fantastic. Um, you know, I'm jumping on a flight. It's a long flight, but I'll be back there to do it. Paul, last word with Barry.
0: Yeah, I just want to thank Barry for giving uh, me the opportunity to uh, to work with uh, Shoot for a Cure and, of course, with with you and Stop Concussion and now Connect it uh, for somebody who's been through a mental health challenge in his life. Uh, it's really important to ask for help and to get it. And, Barry, we really appreciate it. We'll have you on the show again real soon. And uh, uh, thanks for joining
3: us. Oh, thanks, guys. Great show. Love to see you. Take care. Hello again it's gooch
0: live featuring Paul Rosen Carrie goulet is the gooch Paul Rosen that's me I'm Rosie Carrie's in Adelaide Australia traveling the world doing some incredible things gooch uh, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do another set can you believe it's nine already nine episodes gooch
1: <laughs> and you know what on the 10th I think we'll get good at it uh, yeah it's been a, it's been really entertaining of course uh, I'm really excited that I'm jumping on a flight uh, front part uh, over this weekend long flight as you know Paul yep. and I'm going to be sitting in that studio with you telling a bunch of more great stories and uh, some special guests listen over the last couple of shows we've been really blessed to have Zenit Kanaka on we've had obviously Mike Keenan today it was just absolutely fantastic yep. and most importantly uh, we've had Keith and also Barry Monroe and we've got lots more coming so uh, let's dig right into it yeah uh, Paul um, Obviously, with having Stephen there, Stephen Ellis, our, our great producer and the guy behind the camera that uh, just puts this all together with gaffer tape, uh, crazy glue, and a hammer and a nail, uh, we're really uh, honored and to, to have him help us do this. So here we go. I know that he's picked you. I don't know why. i got t- I, I got to have a one-on-one with uh, Stephen when I get home. I'm to have to throw him some dollar. Sorry? I said just come back. Then we can talk then. Okay, because you're missing my personality live. I'm I'm much better than this. But we are coming back, and we're really excited about it. But eight one, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna pull it, give you a few of those. But uh, I know that uh, this is just for fun. We really want to hear your your rants so that I can at least. I I agree with you sometimes, Yeah. so this one, I don't think I'm going to agree, so let's go right into it, the Rosie's Rant.
0: Yeah, Rosie's Rant, so it's six wins for me, one win for you, and one tie, but uh, there's a good chance you might win it today, Uh, been a lot of things going on in Rosie's Corner this week, but uh, we're going to go right at it, so Rosie's Rant this week, Gooch, is about haters, hometown Ah. haters. I cannot, but it just drives me <coughs> crazy. Now, I live in Toronto my whole life, and I'm a Chicago Blackhawk fan. We leave it at that. I am not a hometown hater, but I watch these people, and they live in the city, and they say stupidity. Don Cherry taught me a long time ago. If you're talking about hockey, you're talking about a player, you can criticize somebody, but make sure you don't talk out of the wrong side of your mouth. Don't make sure it just doesn't seem just absolute asinine. And this is what drives me crazy. We got a couple of guys who just love ripping the Raptors. The Raptors stink, the Raptors do this, no matter what the Raptors do. The Raptors won the Larry O'Brien, trophy last year they won it all they've done things this year that people thought could not be done they keep winning they'll win eight in a row and nothing is said they lose one game and the hometown haters they jump right down the throat of the raptors and their coaches nick nurse and all the guys they lost again it just gooch it drives me crazy you can live in a hometown and you can dislike your teams and you could love other teams but you don't have to be a hater hometown haters out there if you're watching please do yourself a favor give your head a shake and learn what it's like to be positive that's it gucci wow
1: that's really good paul listen I as you know i'm here in adelaide uh australia i'm uh with a family that uh, has just stepped up and helped us robert andrews his beautiful wife uh have allowed us to uh, be with them uh, for the next couple of days, uh, getting our organization ready for the Ice Hockey Classic uh, 2020. And so, talking about hometown, I almost feel at home in Adelaide. Uh, but what I want to go on your little rant is, is that I don't think because you live in a town, you need to support your home team. I, I think that's not uh, necessarily right. I lived in Winnipeg uh, for many years, became a Winnipeg Jets fan, I moved to Toronto. Moved to Toronto, became a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, and then obviously coming over to Europe and playing for all the teams I played for, not as a player, I became a fan. And so I don't think you need necessarily to live in that city not to be a fan. And certainly if you do live in the city, you don't have to be a fan of the Raptors or of the Maple Leafs. What I don't like about the situation is, is that we... Get down on people that say, you know what, the Leafs are garbage. If they're garbage, they deserve to be called out. People that are paying hundreds of dollars to watch these athletes play, and we both have played at eye level, and we know the pressures and the stress that are a part of the game, this is part of the game. The love-hate relationship is part of the game. I've played in rinks where people have actually spit at me, and they're my own fans. I've been in games in in Germany where they've been throwing little feikling bottles, these little schnap bottles at me, (laughs) coins at me. Yelling my name out, Gooch, go home, you're rubbish. Uh, Thank God I didn't listen to that. I got to play, uh, you know, almost uh, 900 games over there. So I think what you have to do, Paul, is you have to take a back seat. The people that are yelling and screaming are passionate. Listen, they weren't yelling and screaming. They wouldn't be watching the game. and They wouldn't be able to afford all those thousands and millions of dollar contracts that these athletes are getting. So I think when you start to rant about fans, we have to be very, very careful because we want that passion in them. We want that love-hate relationship. That's what the media is all about. If everybody just sat on their fingers or on their hands and just cheered, we wouldn't enjoy the game as much. And you as an athlete, you've been there, you've been in front of thousands and thousands of crowds. What better than having people yelling your name, screaming your name, whether it's for good or bad, I know you, I know me, I played better sometimes when people were yelling at me, telling me I was garbage, and I think that's the motivation that players should. And so when you're not playing as well as you can, the players know it, but we have to give a fan that's paying for these players and these organizations to make the millions and millions of dollars that they do, this is their release, let them have it,
0: Paul, for God's sakes. You know what, Gooch, as a man of my word, and I've been brought up by an incredible father to you know, let me know. I'm not even gonna let Steve even shake his head, but I'm gonna tell you right now, that you win this. When Steve is shaking his head, yes, you win it. And I'm gonna tell you you win it because I still don't like hometown haters, but you said something that meant, really made me understand that you did win it. When we played in Germany and when we played in Norway, I had people saying things about me that were incredible, unbelievable, vicious things. But you know what? It made me a better player and made me want to shut the door and not let them score on me. So I'm gonna give you that. Steve has actually given it to you, so it's going to be six wins for me, two wins for the Gooch, one tie, going into next week's number 10. Bravo, Mr. Goulet. All right,
1: and Paul, Steve, did you have any doubt that I was going to win this? I just want to leave it at this. There's There's a fine line. So, Paul, you're right about the haters and, you know, if the Raptors lose or the Leafs lose or the Jets lose, whatever the team is, and people go down on them hard. And, you know, it's easy on the Internet to type up a bunch of stuff when you're not, you're not in front of somebody saying one-on-one, you're not good. It's easy to do it on the Internet. Yeah. But where I draw the line is any time that it gets personal, right. meaning that if they, they take an athlete and they deal with any type of racism or any uh, homophobic, anything like that, that's where we have to draw a line. That is not allowed. That's offside and people should be punished for that because all of these players put time and energy to become a professional athlete, to entertain us now, to allow us to you know, escape the real world. And if we attack the personal player, that's where I draw a line. And I would be absolutely in support of you, Paul, had you turned it just to the players. So thank you for the win. Yep. Now I want to turn my uh, my uh, comments into a very important comment, yep. the bottom line, you which is the bottom it. line. Um I really think that, you know, we look at the NHL today and we all want to compare players and who's better, who's worse. And, but there's a player that's absolutely blowing me away. Not only does he wear my number, 29, but more importantly, he's not a Canadian and he's not an American. Oh, by the way, he's not a Russian. He's not from Scandinavian countries. He comes from a country that I played 16 years. I watched him developed very little. I knew only a little bit about him. And the reason why I knew about him is I played against his father, Peter Dreisaitl. And Peter was a short little guy, but one of the feistiest guys I played against. I didn't play often. I think I had two or three games. He was playing at a higher level. It was called the DL, and I was in second and third division. And Peter was one of those charismatic people. He played for uh, his own country, Germany. And so watching his son blossom in front of the world stage right now leon treisail right now right here for me is the best player in the national hockey league he's everything he's got grit he's got vision he can pass he can shoot he can score all right i know that Connor mcdavid's helping him out a little bit but i'll tell you what he's doing it all by himself he's leading the league right now with 107 points 107 points he had 105 last year He's got forty-three games in eighty-two. Sorry, forty uh, three goals in sixty-six games so far. Last year he had fifty and eighty-two. Paul, this is an incredible athlete. This is a incredible hockey player. I know you're watching it. I know that we talked about Edmonton Oilers going, getting into the playoffs and going far. If this kid, along with Connor McDavid, keeps on doing what he's doing, there are records going to be broken. And I just want to say it the last thing. I am truly. Truly happy for this kid coming from Germany, coming over and playing. I think it's the Prince Albert Raiders, uh, learning the game, uh, understanding the game. But where he was taught ice hockey was in Germany. Compliment to the German ice hockey federation, uh, Franz Rinal and the boys there, and of course now uh, Peter uh, bringing his son into the National Hockey League and giving us the pleasure of watching this incredible athlete.
0: I totally, totally agree with you, Gooch. Dry is one of my absolute favorites. I think this guy is turning heads every day. I think he's going to lead the league in, uh, in, in points. Um, and I think if he continues to do what he has done this year in the playoffs, and McDavid can do it and the obviously cassian can help out mike smith can play goal like they like he can play goal i'm calling the edmonton oilers to win the stanley cup i'm calling them to beat the washington capitals in six games and i'm calling dry to be the Con Smythe trophy winner i'm calling it now could be a loss for me i don't know but i'm calling it now i love dry i love what he does Tap, uh, hats off to the German uh, Hockey Federation, one, one hundred percent. Gucci, uh, you know we're uh, we're running out of time. Any uh, any last words before we wrap Wait. up number
1: nine? Yeah, my last word is: you're the guy that's predicting the Edmonton Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. You're also the guy that said Sammy Kapur would be traded the trade deadline. Remember that.
0: Yeah, I did, and I was wrong. Uh, people are wrong every day. I was wrong. Captain but, didn't get it. But, What do you want to do? Like throw me under the bus? No, I was wrong.
1: I'm not throwing you under the bus right. because I'm going on your side. I also believe the Edmonton Oilers are going to win the Stanley Cup. Paul, so I know that we're going to be watching that over there. Listen, Paul, thank you for being, uh, being there for us. You're doing a great job as my co host or as a host. We're both uh, on the same same bar. It's the Gooch Live, obviously, featuring Paul Rosen uh, with the great people from uh, the Hockey News and Christian Hockey. Stephen, thank you very much for putting up with us. We're really enjoying this. We're really learning. And now that I've been traveling the world, I, I get a chance to come back and sit right beside one of my best buddies, Paul Rosen. And I'll tell you what, action-packed next week. I'm coming. and I'm going to for sure <laughs> go on this rally now of wins huh. in the uh, Rosie's Rant. So Paul, you better start getting ready, kid, because I'm coming back.
0: I'm, I'm absolutely ready. And thank you, everybody is watching. Please let us know what you think of the show. Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen. He's the Gooch. I'm Rosie. We'll be back next week.